Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for carrying us in this pandemic as we begin the first day of our seventh month in the pandemic. We pray that our minds be filled with your words so that our acts will overflow with gratitude to you and graciousness to others. Speak to us, dear, dear Holy Spirit, and help us to shine the name of Jesus today. Amen. Let's read 1 Timothy, Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 to 16. The Spirit clearly says that in the later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. First Timothy, I'm sorry, chapter four. I'm sorry, chapter four verse. I'm sorry, chapter four verse one to four. Earlier in First Timothy chapter one verse seven, Paul warned about the false teachers who misunderstood the law and taught false doctrine. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they do confidently affirm. Today we know that false teaching had to do with ascetism. Verse 3, it says that they forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain food. Paul took this false ascetism and unbiblical self-denial so seriously that he started this passage with the expression, The Spirit says. The Spirit says is a biblical way of referring to a past prophetic message. Such like uh, scripture says, and Paul said in the actually first, first Timothy chapter 5, 18, and also in the book of Revelation, the expression spirit says is a synonym to refer what Jesus says. So for instance, Jesus said, whoever has a ear, let, it, uh, let them hear what the spirit says to the church. There is a no contradiction between word of Jesus and the saying of the Spirit. So don't, don't be confused with this expression. You know, in Cornerstone, we learn that Jesus said, He is the I am the Spirit, I am the truth and life and the way to God. And the Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth, meaning He is the Spirit of Jesus. Now, Paul emphasized that Spirit not just says, but Spirit clearly says meaning the Spirit explicitly, expressly says, as some of other translations says. Paul wants Timothy and us to know the biblical asceticism and healthy self-denial today. Now, some of the elders in Ephesian church, they began well in the gospel, but now they're hawking a Christian, so-called Christian asceticism, as a path to deeper spirituality. Instead of looking to Christ's work on their belief as their only hope of salvation and godliness, they now set their hope on the ascetic denial 
of a fleshly appetite through rules. Now, Paul was never opposed to spiritual discipline for the purpose of a godliness. Tomorrow we will see his famous charge, train yourself for godliness, and godliness is of a value in every way. Chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. That what made a Paul strong word, such a strong word like a deceiving spirit and taught by demons. Here in Ephesian church, ascetism focus, a false ascetism focuses denial on two great gifts from God, namely marriage and food. Unfortunately, ascetic teaching fell on fertile ground on this church and in actually Asia Minor. Here we need to know two important background, background facts. Although Jewish people were not generally receptive to ascetic teaching, as since there is a Jewish sect called uh, Jewish, you know, uh, religious group or sect called the Essence, uh, they are reported by Josephus that they are known for rejecting pleasure as an evil and uh, abstinence as a virtue, and they neglected marriage, and that's how this a uh, uh, very spiritual. Uh, movement in Jewish Judaism, they kind of disappeared. The other, you know, influential spirituality back then was a Greek Gnostic dualism, which regarded human body and its functions as evil, and taught that godly life must be lived above the physical dimension. These two ideas led to some both converted Jews and Gentiles to open false ascetism. So this uh, ascetic tendency was further fueled by teaching of some false teachers in Ephesus that resurrection of believers already took place. So 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 17 and 18 indicate, uh, say this, The teaching will spread like a gangrene. Among them are Hymenius uh, and Philetus who have departed from the truth. They say that resurrection has already taken place, and they destroy the faith of some. So our commentator sort of sums up this situation like this. It is possible that this behavior reflected the attempt to enact the life of a resurrection paradise by following model given in Genesis 1 and 2. Before the fall into the sin, Jesus and after there was a no marriage. Uh, actually, Jesus taught that there would be no marriage in resurrection. And the vegetarianism in the Genesis chapter two seems to have been the rule in Eden or New Paradise. Therefore, the negative view of a marriage seemed to quite similar to sentiment held by some in Corinth. So, what happened is Ephesus. Is very similar to Corinth Church. They both misunderstood resurrection, and they thought in resurrection there in resurrection there's no marriage, and also everybody live like a Garden of Eden. That means certain food they don't eat. Now we must remember the scriptures are clear that the celibacy and vegetarianism are not God's general will for everybody. It is only for few people. It is a nature of all hypocrite and false prophets 
to create a guilty conscience in matters where there is no offense. They always invent artificial, arbitrary spirituality. The trick they play is to hide your inner wickedness by outer observance or ascetic acts in this case. And also another possible reason for this kind of ascetic, false ascetic, ascetism or ascetic folly is to create a compensatory righteousness. That is, when you find that you cannot abstain from selfishness or greed or cruelty or gossip, the real vices, you attempt to acquire righteousness by abstaining from those things that God has left you, to do, left you free to do. So you are covering your wickedness with a false righteousness. So you are saying, God, see how sacrificial I am. Now bless and richly reward my sacrificial, self-denying life. Now, how do we deal with a dangerous, excessive, false ascetic spirituality? Paul expresses the answer for an antidote to ascetic folly or false self-denial spirituality in verse 4 and 5. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, and it is made holy by word of God and prayer. Two things. First, creation's goodness. The answer rests on our understanding and affirmation of intrinsic goodness of everything created by God. We must embrace God's own verdict, as stated at the end of Genesis 1, that God saw everything that He has made, and it was very good. In reference to food, Jesus clearly said that all foods are clean. It's not what goes in, what comes out is a problematic. This fact was later founded into Peter in Acts chapter, 9, Acts chapter 10. Do you remember God revealed to Peter three times in a vision that eat and, and you know eat something that Peter you know did not? And then God said, Whatever God has made clean, do not call unclean. We are to celebrate creations of goodness in heaven and earth. The stars, the flowers, and vegetables, and animals, and the seas and rivers and fish and Forests and gender and marriage and sex and family and friends and food, including beers and wines. Now, the second, point, second antidote is thanksgiving, Christian thanksgiving. Paul said food are to be received with a prayer of a thanksgiving. Of course, just saying a grace uh, in the meal doesn't make our food holy. What giving thanks does is set our food in its true perspective as a God's good creation. By prayer of thanksgiving, Paul means our mindset on everything. G.K. Chesterton explained this very well. You say grace before meals? Quote, All right, I say grace before the play and then opera. And grace, I say grace before I open the book? I say grace before sketching and painting, swimming, fencing, boxing, walking, playing, and dancing. And I say grace 
before I dip pen in the ink. He's a journalist, so he writes a lot. So he basically prays before he writes. This is the way we should approach all of our life. Certainly, there are times for self-denial and discipline. There are things that we do not do because we are Christian. But, assist, uh, but, but the false asceticism is a really anathema. It is really nothing but a curse from uh, the, the evil. To regard what God created as somehow unclean is a sinful. To teach abstinence from marriage and certain food is a higher road to closeness with God is actually blasphemous. blasphemous. To require such abstinence from those who want to be a good Christian, that is actually treacherous. Such asceticism begin very imperceptible drift from the true gospel. Such asceticism diverts our attention from Christ and his work for us, and instead we are focusing our own works and our own artificial holiness. Christian life is meant to live not in the negatives, but in the positive. Christian life is meant to focus not on what I do for God, but what God did and does for me. We are to say, saying grace every minute of our life. This gives glory to God. We have a different ascetic conviction. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether we eat or drink, whatever we do, do it for all glory of God. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for creating everything good with your love. As we recognize that every physical good is holy because of your love for us, help us be happy ascetic. Help us avoid both extremes of a material hedonist and spiritual ascetic hypocrites. Instead of loving material comfort and blessings more than what you intended for us, and instead of denying your physical, good physical creation with a man-made religiosity, help us become a happy ascetics who drink and eat with thanksgiving and prayers. As Jesus confidently enjoyed eating and drinking with the sinners like us, help us enjoy your creation with our family and friends and VIPs and glorify today in everything we do. In the name of Jesus Christ, who invited us to his eternal heavenly marriage banquet, we all pray. Amen.